The Tin Man Podcast is a proud partner with Dashclip. Dashclip specializes in crafting exceptional wallets that go beyond mere accessories. Dashclip is not just a brand, it's a philosophy, a daily reminder to embrace life and make every moment count. Check them out today at thedashclip.com. That's thedashclip.com. This is a Tin Man Podcast, hosted by me, Chris Tinius. I'm a former college soccer coach and avid music fan. Many episodes will have a hand in one or both of those topics, but will also delve into entrepreneurship, leadership, and other subjects. Basically, this podcast is my way to reconnect with old friends, get new perspectives, and help others share their own stories, passions, and expertise. Now let's get started with the Tin Man Podcast. Welcome to the Tin Man Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Tinius. I'm excited to have Eric Wood as my guest for this episode. Wood was a stalwart on the University of Louisville offensive line and a first-round draft pick at the Buffalo Bills in 2009. He spent nine years with the franchise, mostly as a center. In 2015, he made the Pro Bowl and was the Bills' nominee for the Walter Payton NFL Man of the Year Award. These days, Wood can be heard doing color commentary on the Bills radio network and his Centered on Buffalo podcast. He was nice enough to carve out a few minutes at the end of Super Bowl week. Here's our conversation. Hello, everyone. I am joined today by Eric Wood. Eric, I really appreciate your time. I know this is a busy time for uh, a former player that now covers the league and you're hopping around on, on your own show and different shows. So thank you so much for taking the time to join me. Yeah, my pleasure, Chris. Anytime. So um, as I mentioned in the intro for the listeners, um, you know, you played here at the University of Louisville before going on to the Bills, um, so kind of a, a connection for local listeners here. But maybe just give us a, a quick background on how you ended up here at U of L, um, originally from from Cincinnati. Yeah, well, it was an easy decision because I only got one scholarship offer. I went to Elder <laughs> High School in Cincinnati. Jeff Brom and the University of Louisville were recruiting other guys in my high school. Um, and late in the process, they offered me a scholarship after a basketball game. And so um, the decision was easy, but it ended up being the best decision I ever made uh, to come down here. We still make Louisville home. So fell in love with the city, met the girl of my dreams down here, and then ended up setting me up for success moving on to the next level. Yeah, that, you know, that's kind of crazy to think one offer. Um, you must you must have been a hell of a basketball player to get your one football offer after a basketball game. Uh, I was OK. I, I, the, <laughs> the legend of how good I was seems to get better by the year, even from coaches and buddies. But I was an all right basketball player, but I, I developed into my size kind of late. And okay. I was a tight end my junior year, moved offensive tackle, which was some advice from Jeff Brom, who said, man, you have this huge frame. I think you should put on some weight and play offensive line. And so I did. And so I took that advice and then played basketball my senior year, maybe around 255 pounds. And, you know, it was six, four and could still run and jump and move pretty good. And so they took a shot that I could develop into a 300 pound offensive lineman, which ultimately I would be, I uh, would end up doing. Okay. And, you know, you speak of Jeff Brom and the Brom era has, has started now at the university of Louisville. So maybe just a few thoughts on after watching the first year of that, I know it kind of, Fizzled a little bit at the end, but I mean, for for a first go and what he was doing, uh, pretty impressive first year. Yeah, absolutely. For them to get in the top 15 after 
Um, you know, there was some people that would leave uh, with Scott leaving town and going to Cincinnati and seeing how he was going to build that roster and everything. Um, you know, I'm, I'm just excited. I'm excited to have him back home. I think he's a unicorn coach for this university where he's from here and he's not looking to make this a stepping stone job. And there's very few out there that would uh, be able to come in and, and take this job. And it's just the nature of the beast. You have schools like Alabama and Georgia out there with these absolutely monster budgets. And then you also have the lore of the NFL. And so to get Jeff Brom back home um, was something I was extremely excited about. And then I was so pumped to see the results in the field last year. And then it's interesting, you know, you wonder how, and, and Jeff's far from an older coach, but you know, he's not in his early thirties anymore, how he would adapt to this NIL transfer day and age of college football. And by all indications, so with them having the number one recruiting class in the, in the country for transfers right now, I guess it's called the transfer class, the number <laughs> one transfer class in the country, they've embraced it 100%. And that's the nature of beast until they change the rules. This is how right. you're going to build a roster in college football. And this is how you're going to win on a consistent basis. And so, uh, um, I've I've loved watching how they've embraced this new era of college football as well. Yeah, and he's just a good guy too. I mean, I was um, an assistant soccer coach down at Western Kentucky when he was coaching down there a bit. Um, and then his brother, Brian, um, his daughter was on my son's T-ball team last spring. And and they're just, they're just coaches, man. I mean, he, he was out there coaching the T-ball team and helping them out. And it's like, there's a way to, to help people out and coach them up in anything they're going to jump in and, and do their part. Um, so then you move on from U of L and you're drafted in the first round by Buffalo, uh, where you end up making the move to center and you end up with a pro bowl, um, under your belt. But I know you played in the Rex Ryan era. You were part of the first, uh, playoff team in almost two decades there. You know, what kind of, I'm sure there's a lot of things, but one or two things that kind of stick out in your mind from that journey. Yeah, very fortunate to play for one franchise my whole career. It's it's very rare uh, in today's day and age of free agency and trades that you would play your entire career for one team. And so to to play that entire time in Buffalo, still be involved with them, with the radio broadcast now. And in that city, yes, Louisville is home for us, but Louisville's kind of or Buffalo is kind of that second home now. As much time as I've spent there over the last maybe 15 years uh, since Buffalo drafted me in 2009. So really awesome experience. And, and to cap it off in my final year, we, we finally make the playoffs. We had the longest playoff streak, uh, longest playoff drought in all of professional sports at the time. And that was when Brandon Bean, our GM, Sean McDermott came along, new ownership in the Pagoulas. And just to see uh, kind of the start of what would become now this era of Bill's success was a lot of fun. Yeah. And so Tell me a little bit about just how crazy the Bills Mafia is, because you hear about them. I've got a buddy that I went to high school with. Um, he moved to Bowling Green from Buffalo. He's crazy about the Bills. He, he grills out every week for the Bills game. Doesn't matter what the weather is. He was up there for the first playoff game. They got pushed back a day for the snow. Drug his wife out there tailgating. She's a good sport and and goes along. But, you know, it, you talk about Bills Mafia being crazy, and I think most of them really are crazy. Yeah. Um, and I'll, I'll say crazy this. in a good way, crazy. Yeah, in a I was going to say, gonna say crazy, passionate, right. they are passionate. So what, what you said about your buddy and grilling out every week, that's so many people have their traditions around bills games. And 
you know, it's a small fraction of the fan base that, you know, jumps through the tables and gets, you know, completely, completely blasted drunk, uh, before the games. Uh, that's a small fraction of the fan base. Those are the ones that get on Barcel sports. So everyone sees it, (laughs) but for the most part, uh, Bill's mafia is a passionate, generous group of people to where, you know, you saw the Andy Dalton foundation blow up after, you know, Andy Dalton throws a touchdown pass to get the bills into the playoffs. And, you know, they're just, uh, it's a special group. It's a tight knit group. I think there's something about that kind of small town, small market mentality. Um, you know, the four, the heartbreak of the four Super Bowl losses. And then this long playoff drought, you know, they're, they're almost, um, where they band together maybe more than most because of, you know, maybe feeling like they're looked down upon. Right. Well, I, you know, I'm, I'm a Cubs fan. I finally got some relief a few years ago, but you know, yeah, that, that drought. And of course everybody jumps on the bandwagon after you win, but when, when you're kind of suffering through with the same people year after year um, and you have that passion for your team, it's, uh, it's pretty easy to get caught up in it. But again, uh, visiting here with Eric Wood and obviously we got a big football game coming up in a couple of days with the Super Bowl. Um, any just kind of initial thoughts on that or which way you're, which way you're leaning? My heart tells me the 49ers, my gut tells me do not pick against Patrick Mahomes. I mean, Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid, they've had so much success together in the playoffs. And um, I would like to see the 49ers win. And I'm pulling for Brock Purdy. Brock Purdy, when I first got into broadcasting, my first college game I ever called for Fox was Kansas State versus Iowa State. It's Brock Purdy starting in his freshman year. So, you know, I've followed him since then. And, um, you know, he's, he's been a winner his whole life. If he doesn't tear his ACL in high school, he's probably at Alabama and not Iowa state. And this might be a whole different career trajectory, but what an incredible story he has incredible man of faith comes from a, an awesome family, uh, from Gilbert, Arizona, the home of, uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick. So some ties <laughs> with, with me and one of my close friends and quarterbacks that I played with, but um, I find it easy to root for the 49ers and the way they built that roster. Know John Lynch pretty well. We had the same agent when I was playing. So I've uh, known him for a year. So I'm pulling for the 49ers. I get to see the Chiefs twice a season, it seems like now, right. in the broadcast booth. And they're just good. They really are. I mean, Patrick Mahomes is as clutch as it gets. The moment's never too big. He shows up in the biggest games. And, you know, the Bills have beat them in the regular season either – I know the last three years it might be four years in a row, and then we haven't gotten past them in the playoffs. And so they show up in the biggest moments, um, but it should be a good game. And that's, that's what we're looking for. My daughter, you know, of course she's rooting for the chiefs cause you know, she's a Swifty. And then right. my son is for the 49ers. So uh, bedtime prayers were pretty interesting a couple of nights ago when my son <laughs> wanted to pray for a 49ers win and the Chiefs, my daughter wanted to pray that the Chiefs would win. I was like, well, we don't really pray for wins, but right. I said this. Um, either way, God's going to get the glory because they're going to put a microphone in front of Brock Purdy's hands, or they're going to put it in front of his mouth after the game, and he's going to give glory to God. And the Hunt family, and Clark Hunt in particular, very outspoken about their faith. So I was like, either way, God's going to get the glory. Let's <laughs> hope for no injuries in a good game. Right. No, that's a good way to put it. So let's look at it this way. If, um if I say the 49ers win, if, what would your response be? If they can consistently pressure Patrick Mahomes with a four-man rush, which they have the horses to do up front, they have great defensive line, great front, 
and McCaffrey controls the game. And I don't necessarily just mean running the football. They they're creative in the ways they can get them the football, the secondary for the chiefs. They've invested a ton of resources in their secondary. And it's hard to separate from them. And the bills ran the ball well against the chiefs in the playoffs. And ultimately at the end, miss a field goal, don't score in the last three possessions, and they lose uh, by three points in that game. But I think if McCaffrey can control the game and they can consistently put pressure on Mahomes, they can get the victory. And, and I don't think it necessarily has to be close. The okay. Chiefs are playing their best ball in the playoffs right now, and I'll give them credit, but there was long stretches of this season where they played not great football. I mean right. – I mean, middle of the pack football in the NFL and this 49ers team throughout the season has been one of the most dominant and has have blown out good football teams at time. So I don't even necessarily think it has to be close. It's just so dang hard to pick against Mahomes. Right. So then on the flip side, the chiefs win. If, if they can control McCaffrey and, and I'm going to just piggyback off it. If if Mahomes has time, if Mahomes has time and he can move around the pocket, it, I heard uh, one of the defenders for the 49ers, Fred Warner, say this week that when you're playing against a chief, you're essentially defending two plays each play, the initial play. And then once Mahomes escapes the pocket and it's yeah. not always to his right, sometimes it's to his left. Sometimes he goes up in the pocket. One of the longest plays against the Bills, he scrambled up in the pocket uh, when someone lost middle contained and he still threw the ball 40 yards down the field and they have a long completion to Miko Hardman, who led the NFL and drops this season, but he had two long catches against the bills and the freezing Caught cold that game. day. Yeah. I know exactly. That's how it works out. But if they can't consistently pressure and keep Mahomes in the pocket, he's going to have a field day again. I mean, that Eagles defense last year was as good as it gets. And he threw for what three touchdowns in that game and consistently controlled the game. Yeah. And you know, We'll see just how big an effect uh, Taylor Swift has on the game and whether she even gets there. I don't know if you can make it from Tokyo to Las Vegas that fast. I know it's going to be interesting. And, you know, for the people that are like, why is this such a big deal? I mean, she was the time person of the year. She's dating one of the NFL's biggest stars and most likable stars like Travis Kelsey. He's been a great dude since I met him when he was 19 years old at the University of Cincinnati. And he hasn't changed one bit. And he dresses pretty flashy and he's got a big personality, but every person that plays with him absolutely loves him. And I saw him uh, say something this week about Katarius Tony, who's taken a lot of grief for dropped passes and lining off up, up lining mm-hmm. up offsides against the bills. And he defended him this week, Super Bowl media week after Tony goes on his TikTok before their division around game. Uh, or might have even been the AFC cha- before the AFC championship game. He's on TikTok and bad mouth in the organization. Like that's the type of guy Travis is sticking up for a guy who everyone's taking a dump on right now. And so right. he's a good dude. And it's, it's, it's moved the needle. I mean, the, uh, the, the <laughs> swift effect is real. That is true. Uh, again, chatting with Eric Wood here, um, Eric, I really appreciate your time. Just a, a couple more minutes and we'll get you out of here. Um, tell us a little bit about your podcast centered on Buffalo, obviously a lot to do with the bills, but you know, when I've listened, it's not just the bills, a lot of guests that maybe have connections that played with you, even if a topic might be a little different. Yeah. Yeah. We, we can skew that to be uh, just a Buffalo based podcast right. maybe, but I have my what's next with Eric Wood podcast, which is more of a personal development podcast. Well, all the biggest okay. guests were bills connections. And so I said, okay, well let's, 
let's branch off and start this center on Buffalo podcast. So um, you can go back to almost every episode and it's not necessarily just regarding that week of football, you know, Chris Long coming on before the Eagles game. Well, we barely talk about the Eagles and Rob Gronkowski coming on. We're not talking much about that matchup. So it's been fun to connect with other guys similar to what you're doing, uh, connecting with other coaches or athletes or whatever it may be. It's Mm -hmm. fun to have those conversations and then kind of tie back to Buffalo or sports or wings or whatever it may be. uh, (laughs) Just having some fun on there. Yeah. And then you talk about, you know, the other podcast um, when you got started and I know you've got a book out. I've, I've heard you speak before um, and you deliver a great message. So, um, you know, do you have any speaking engagements coming up or anything else in the world? I mean, you know, is there anything you want to tell people about the book and share there? Yeah, my book's called tackle what's next. And that's essentially um, advice and excerpts uh, from my podcast that people gave me on my transition out of the NFL that can be applied to anyone uh, in their life. They're, they're basic principles, but they helped me through a big transition in my life. So whether you're going through a big transition or you're just trying to make this next year, your best one yet, uh, I think you'll really enjoy the book and it's not all just me. So if, if, uh, <laughs> if that would be a turnoff, it's, it's uh, none of the points originate with my own brain. They come from somebody else. And yeah, I have a few speaking gigs lined up for this off season. Uh, I try and price them out to a point now where I don't flood my schedule and can spend as much time in the off season as I can with my wife and young kids, but I'll be out in Vegas in a couple weeks with a guy named Ben Newman speaking to a bunch of uh, neurosurgeons um, out there for their conference, which would be a lot of fun. Okay. Yeah. And you know, if you're listening, I'm glad you're listening to me, but if you have a chance to either read the book or or listen to Eric, uh, make sure you take that chance. He was a nominee for the NFL man of the year award for a reason. So, um, Eric, I, I really appreciate your time, um, the insight on football and the other stuff, uh, the other ventures going on in your life. And uh, maybe we'll get you back on sometime next year. I guess the last question is this time next year, if we want to be talking about the Bills in the Super Bowl, one or two things that have got to happen here over the offseason. They need to stay healthier next year. Uh, they got ravaged by injuries, which caught up to them, especially on the defensive side of the football. And then if they're able to add another explosive receiver that can separate, you know, that's been an offense that has scored the most points over the last three years already. But I think that could take it to the next level to where, you know, come crunch time in the playoffs. If a team has an offensive day, like the chiefs did last time, the bills will be able to outpace them. Okay. Well, Eric, thank you. Um, enjoy the game on Sunday and maybe we can do this again sometime. Yep. Sounds good. You enjoy the game too, Chris. I hope you enjoyed the conversation with Eric Wood. As always, I appreciate you listening to the 10 Man Podcast. Feel free to follow us or subscribe on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, or wherever else you find your favorite podcasts. You can also follow on X at at 10 Man Pod. Be sure to also give Eric a listen on the Centered on Buffalo podcast. Have a great Super Bowl Sunday. I'm Chris Tinius, and we'll catch you on another episode of the 10 Man Podcast.